I aspire to be an amateur photographer. Uh, I don't have the education uh, or the skills yet to even call myself one. Um, however, I, uh, I do enjoy uh, taking pictures and specifically taking pictures of birds. Bethany and I were just uh, joking yesterday. We realized that uh, a large percentage of our hobbies uh, these days match up with uh, some of the 75-year-old couples that we know. And, uh, and that's, that's the norm, and we're okay with that. Uh, we embrace the fact that Bethany likes crocheting, and I love uh, watching birds in my neighborhood out the window. But, uh, but anyways, as, as I take pictures, one of the things that frustrates me as a very, very aspiring amateur photographer is that when I'm out in the evening and I'm trying to capture a picture of a bird and I'm either backlit or, or the sun is going down, there's just not enough light to capture the beauty of the moment. Uh, and, and sometimes, because there's not enough light, I don't even notice the places that could be breathtaking because there's no light to see them or, or to capture their beauty. But I know someone who is capable of doing that skill, and it's my friend Ray. And, um, and Ray is uh, a professional photographer, and he traveled with me, or I traveled with him, just a few months ago to India. And, uh, and Ray has a gift and a passion for capturing light and helping people learn how to see it. It's one of the ways that, that um, he is wired and it's one of the things that God has called him to do. And so there were multiple times where we're walking late in the evening through villages, meeting people, praying with people, with the local pastors, and, uh, and we go into a house and, and Ray will take a picture and the, the room is so dark that I can't even imagine the picture would turn out. But Ray knows how to use a camera really well. And when, when uh, he's done and shows that picture to me, uh, I've been over and over again, I have been floored on his ability to actually capture light in areas that I didn't even think light was possible. Uh, and it's not just physical light. His, his gift is revealing the light of truth. And I wish I could show you some of his pictures that I was planning on. I, I will do that at some point. And so um, I've been thinking a lot about what it means to kind of live with the conviction that light is always available because I know that I can be prone to complain a lot. This is just a perfect example that the chances are um, that when this meeting is over, one of the first things I will do will be to complain uh, about Zoom to my wife. Uh, but I'm going to choose not to do that because of this message right now. Um, but I can, I can quite easily notice, especially during seasons like this, I can notice darkness. I can name it all day long if I want. I can, I can spend whole days, and maybe you can too, being far more aware of darkness than I am of light. And, uh, and if I do believe that there's light out there, I can still struggle not knowing exactly how to recognize it uh, or, or what to do. I, I see that in many, many other people these days as well. Uh, when in, in the book of John, Jesus talks about light, and we've reflected on this before. Uh, but Jesus in John 8, 12 says this simple statement, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Uh, I think it's really interesting that the promise is that we will never walk in darkness. We, we, we make lots of jokes about being kind of blinded by the light, but what we're really blinded by often is, is darkness, because what darkness does is it makes it impossible for us to see. 
but but the the interesting reality about light is that unless we are in uh, absolute darkness, there's always enough light to begin to tune our eyes to be able to see something. Um, I, when I was younger, I, I loved caving. I would go on to camps where we would go caving for a couple days at a time, adventure camps. And sometimes you would get deep into the middle of the body of the cave. And, uh, and our, our guide would tell us, okay, turn your headlamps off. Everybody turn your headlamps off. And when they do, um, your eyes don't adjust because you are actually in absolute darkness. You are surrounded on all sides by no ability to let any light in. And it's a fascinating experience. And the reason it's so fascinating is because in the real world, what we say is dark isn't actually as dark as we think. In the real world, uh, when we're not in a cave and the lights go out, we think it's really, really dark. But if we give our eyes a chance to adjust, we find that we can see things that we couldn't see or that we didn't think were visible before. Uh, sometimes we act like a, we are in a cave reality. And this is when depression starts to rise up in us, whether that's something that is clinical in us or whether it's just something that gets compounded um, from just being exhausted and worn out and tired. I think many of us have dealt with moments of, of feeling pretty depressed um, over the last few uh, weeks or months even. Um, but But according to scriptures... Uh, the worldview and the worldview of God were not actually ever in absolute darkness because God is always present and God is light. Psalm 139 is one of my favorite poetic passages and, and the center part of this psalm goes, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the earliest wings of the dawn or if I settle at the furthest reaches of the sea, no matter what, even there, your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. And then it says, if I say, surely even the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. For the night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. That last part I find so compelling. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness won't be dark to you. Even the night will shine like the day because darkness is as light to you. An image like that is incredibly powerful because even darkness, we're told, isn't dark to God. From God's perspective, there's always light. Uh, God has what we might call a low aperture on his camera. It opens wide to let all the light in. What I'm not capable of really doing yet, uh, God, God can do when, when the rest of us see only dark colors, only drab. God can still see vibrancy. So Jesus, uh, when he declares that he is light, he's shifting our ideas about um, what it means to walk through dark places in the world. And he's inviting us to learn to let our eyes adjust so that we can see light and to move slowly and intentionally with patience so that we can begin to see things that we couldn't see earlier. That's what it means to take on the character of God. So I'm thinking about my friend Ray again, and I, I decided to just think about, okay, what are a couple things that enabled him to be able to capture light, to see joy in places, to, to, to see what God might be doing in places that other people might miss? And so there was three things that I'm going to encourage you, and then Dwayne's going to walk us through just a simple um, kind of exercise that in one way kind of embodies this. Uh, but the first thing that I, that I noticed about Ray 
as I thought about the way that he learns how to capture light that might be a parallel for us, is that he has a great imagination. Uh, Ray can look and see something that other people don't easily see because he's trained himself to imagine what things can look like if enough light gets in. Uh, Jesus had the ability to see light where others only saw darkness. Think about the calling of the disciples, people who were uneducated, who had uh, almost certainly not been invited to continue in their, um, in their educational path because they didn't know enough about the Torah. So they uh, were told to go back to their family and learn the family trade. And Jesus goes and he finds them because he sees light. Peter was rash. James and John were full of anger. Uh, Matthew was a greedy tax collector. You don't become a tax collector unless you're willing to turn your back on your people for the sake of gaining money. These are the things that the world looked at and says, darkness. And Jesus looks at and sees the potential for light. Because there is always light if we conform ourselves to the image of Jesus. So just think about the imagination that it took in Jesus to live well in the world. And think about what that imagination was able to accomplish. Imagine when Jesus was betrayed by Peter, the darkest moment of Peter's life, when Peter denied and ran away from Jesus. The darkest moment of Peter's life and one of the darkest moments, I believe, in Jesus's life. Imagine the holy imagination of Jesus to think and imagine Peter leading the church one day leading the early church movement after he denied knowing who Jesus was. For Jesus to imagine in the midst of Peter's failure and shortcomings that he could be used by God in profound ways is to be able to see light in dark places that we often cannot without the Spirit's help. Jesus looks at darkness, but he perceives light and he draws it out. And that's That's what grace does. If we learn to see through the eyes of grace, we learn to see that people are far more than what we want to label them as, that people are far more than their worst moments, some of which we are getting to see right now. Many people, most of us at some level, have been at our worst at one point or another in frustration, in anger, in exhaustion. And uh, the power of grace is the power to see what can be despite what seems to be on the outside. And we can change the world if we do that. Uh, The second thing, in addition to imagination, is time. To be a good photographer, you have to set your shutter speed slow enough that the picture closes slowly so that enough light can get in to capture the details. Uh, Ray knows how to set his shutter speed uh, slow enough to capture the light that was available. If he was more rushed, one of two things would happen. The picture would either be too blurry to see the light or it would be too dark to see any details. If we are too quick to judge one another, if we are too quick to bounce out of our prayer time that we've taken to slow down for two minutes so that we can scroll on our phones for two hours, if we binge on Netflix but we never indulge in wasted time with Jesus, if we don't take time to listen and to notice what other people are experiencing and where they are coming from, not enough light will get into the picture. We will find ourselves only able to notice darkness 
we will find ourselves not able to see the details of another's life, and so we paint them with a broad stroke. Uh, I think about my own tendencies to quickly name the darkness but not name the light and realize that I need to take more time. More time marinating in the Spirit of God, you might say, uh, to become softer and more available to who God wants me to be. So to become people of light who perceive light like Jesus did in the midst of darkness, we need to have a holy imagination to see things that might not look the way they are. We need to take time to actually slow down enough to hear the stories and to hear the Spirit. And the final thing that I noticed in Ray is that he had a very steady hand. He wasn't moving around a lot when he took pictures in low light. And, and that trained hand can only come from practice. We have to do things, friends, that form us, like Jesus, over and over and over again. Growth is not linear. We don't just all of a sudden arrive at Christ-likeness. It is something that requires constant practice. Maybe Jesus telling Peter, when Peter said, how many times should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? Should I forgive him seven times? And, Peter, and Jesus responds by saying, you should forgive him 70 times seven. Maybe that was Jesus's way of saying, you keep practicing until you're changed, and then you keep practicing some more because it's going to be forever. I don't know why training in discipleship is such a challenge for those who claim that the most important relationship they have is with Jesus. I find that in myself sometimes. I don't know why it's sometimes tedious to engage <clears throat> in the regular practices of prayer and encouragement and forgiveness and generosity of resources and spirit. I don't know why sometimes it feels so challenging, but all I know is that we cannot become more like Jesus if we choose not to take time to practice so that we are formed in his character. We must practice how to see light so that we can give light. We must practice how to recognize what can be beautiful and what God can do in the midst of darkness. And it takes a steady hand that has learned to be stable from many times of repetition. So this is just a simple encouragement today. I want to encourage you that light is always available. There is no such thing as absolute darkness in God's world, but it takes energy. It takes imagination, time, and training to learn to look at the world in a way that grasps God's hope. And hope really is what the light often represents, right? Um, that's what recognizing light is. It, it, it's practicing hope. Uh, we see glimmers that remind us that God is still at work and that Jesus is still Lord and that whatever we find ourselves in is indeed not the end of the story because we are loved and redeemed and we are capable of love. Paul speaks a lot in Romans 15 about hope, so I'm going to close kind of this little reflection with uh, an encouragement to live in that hope from Romans 15. Verse 4, Paul writes, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement that they provide, we might have hope. So we look back at the stories that formed God's people and how they were able to see God's faithfulness even in hopeless situations, and it trains us in hope. It trains us to look for light in the midst of darkness. And then in verse 13 of chapter 15, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.
I'm going to repeat that. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The empowering presence of the Spirit is what gives us the ability to be light lookers and light givers, to be people of hope who look at the world and say there is possibility there, God is not done, who experience it within ourselves and who express it to the world around us. The invitation of Paul is, may God illuminate you with his light so that you might reveal light to the world around you. So I'm going to pray. Uh, and then Dwayne is going to lead us through just a simple practice uh, for a couple minutes of, of kind of learning how to recognize and, uh, and claim the light of God in the midst of maybe uh, dark evenings or times. Jesus, we are grateful that even in the midst of uh, most of the little boxes on my screen being dark, uh, that, that your light is still available, that even when we're apart, that you bring us connection, that even when times are challenging and difficult, that your hope is never gone. And so I pray that you would speak to us in this unique way. If we were frustrated today, I was probably as frustrated or more than anybody else in, in this entire room. Uh, I pray that you speak your light and your hope and your reminders that you're always at work, that you can redeem anything that there is goodness available if we simply take the time to sit with you, to gain your eyesight, uh, and to look at the world through your lens. So continue to shape us and change us, Jesus, in this time as we find rest in you, uh, as, we, uh, as we direct our attention to what matters most so that we can live well in your world. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.